Bible tonight. We'll go to these prayer needs here in just a little while. And um, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 2 tonight. Exodus chapter number 2. Uh, this, this Sunday, we'll set aside as Missions Emphasis Sunday. And uh, just, uh, we're about halfway in the year between maybe a little over halfway between our normal missions emphasis month. And uh, so this Sunday we'll be emphasizing a particular mission field. And uh, I, I just I believe God will stir your heart this Sunday. And so please be praying about that. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus 2. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read verses 23 through 25 uh, tonight. And uh, my emphasis tonight on prayer is being an answer to prayer. Uh, being, you know, a lot of times we spend our time praying. Uh, why can't God use us to be the answer to prayer? And so that's the emphasis and focus I want us to have tonight. In Exodus 2, look with me in verse 23. Of course, we know the context here, right? Uh, Israel has been in Egypt since the days of Joseph. And uh, when Jacob found out his son was alive and he had a place for them to come where they would be fed and watered and taken care of. And they had been there for a number of years, hundreds of years. And the time has now moved on and the king of Egypt has no consideration of Joseph and he has been, he even sees the people of Israel as a threat. And we know what he did concerning their newborn children. Uh, and if they were to have a, a male child, he was to be murdered. And so you get to chapter t- 2, and they're dealing with, we see Moses is born, and uh, Moses grows up in the household of Pharaoh. And he ends up running and uh, ends up on the, uh, on the backside of a desert. And we find here in chapter 2 uh, where the people of Israel are crying out to God in verse 23. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried. And their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel. And God had respect unto them. Let's pray. Father, as we get in the word tonight, we want to be, uh, I want to be a help to our church and our Uh, this body of believers who have gathered together this evening. And we're thankful for all of the children and all of the volunteers who are working with our children down the hall in Awana. And uh, usually there's about 60 or 70 people over there. And uh, their children are memorizing scripture. They're having a great time. They're learning Bible lessons and growing in the Lord. And then behind me to my left, our teenagers are gathering And there's usually around 40 people in that room gathering together and uh, growing in the Word of God and uh, growing together in fellowship 
and uh, enjoying themselves tonight. And I'm praying, Father, for what is going on in those particular parts of our campus as much as what we're praying for in here. And then in other parts of our campus, there are people who are come together, being discipled, growing in the Word of God, growing in uh, their relationship with you and with one another. And we're praying, Father, for that ministry uh, tonight. But as far as we're concerned in here and as what's happening on the live stream tonight, we're praying that we understand that not only are we praying for you to work on our behalf, others are praying. And help us, Lord, to maybe uh, be an answer to their prayer. We pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to begin here at the last three verses of chapter 2 because the emphasis is a transition, really, from what Moses was doing and what God is about to do in Moses' life. And the focus goes away from Moses for a little bit, and it goes back to the children of Israel, God's people. And they are, they are crying out to God because of their suffering, their hurt, their, their, their struggles that they are dealing with. And the Bible says that their cry came up unto God. He heard their groaning. And God remembered his relationship that he has with the Jews. He remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God is always going to keep covenant. And so he looked upon them and he had respect unto them. And then we get to chapter 3 and we return back to Moses. And in chapter 3 and verse 1, Moses was taking care of the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So I'm not going to be in the Word very long tonight. But I want to highlight a few things that we need to consider in our own life. Because when we, when we look through the scriptures, there is Bible lesson after Bible lesson where someone was crying out to God and God sent an individual or he sent a group of people to be an answer to their prayer. And so it could very well be, Cecil, that God is going to lead you tomorrow or maybe even tonight into somebody's life because he wants you to be a help to them, all right? So how do, we, how do we recognize that? Well, the first thing, I just wanted to point out a few things tonight. And the first one is that there needs to be an awareness of what is around us, okay? A lot of times, and I'm guilty of this quite often, I'm busy, I've got a list of things to do. I've got a calendar of appointments. And I have places to be, conversations to have, meetings to take place. And sometimes I put blinders on because I'm a focused individual. And I am focused on what, is, what I need to be doing now and what is coming up next. You ever, you ever do that? I'm focused, okay? And if we're not careful when we do that, and that's a good thing, but if we're not careful, we become unaware 
of the situation around us, the people around us, the needs, what is going on, okay? And there needs to be an awareness. So what is, what is Moses doing? Moses is working. Are you with me? Moses is working. He's taking care of the animals. And he's in a desert place. And for 40 years, he's been away from the people of Israel, away from Egypt. He's married. He's been raising children. All of these things going on in his life. And so he's taking care of responsibility. And then God shows up. All right? Then God shows up in the midst of that. And we can be so focused on our task, or we can be unfocused and be daydreaming. All right? Thinking, you know what? I shouldn't even be here. I bet I could, I deserve a better job. I deserve to be in a different place right now. I don't deserve to be on the backside of a desert. I don't deserve to be taking care of these sheep. I once lived in the house of Pharaoh, you know. We could sit there and be caught up in our complaints and what we see as uh, distract, I mean, just really distractions. And then if we're not careful, we don't see where God is in all of it. The Bible says in verse number two, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And what's the next three words? And he looked. Right? The angel of the Lord appeared in a burning bush. Okay? Someone once said, I got it written in my Bible. I don't know when I wrote it. I don't know who said it. But no place on earth, not even a thorn bush, is devoid of the presence of God. Okay? The angel of the Lord appeared. And... And Moses sees something. He recognizes something. And the Bible says that he looked, he saw it. So he was aware of something unusual. He didn't know exactly what it was, but he was aware of it. And we have to be aware of what God is trying to do in our life. We have to be aware, Sherry, of how God wants to use us. Okay? And understand this, God wants to use us and he provides opportunities for, to use us if we're aware of them. We have, to notice, we have to notice them, okay? So just be aware. In 1 Kings chapter 19, after, after the, Elijah called fire down from heaven and it, and it sucked up the... It had burnt the sacrifice and the stones and all the water that he poured on it, right? He ends up, and he, in chapter 19, oh, uh, Jezebel's threatened his life, and he ends up in the juniper tree. And then the Lord took him, and the Lord uh, put him up on a mountain, and he sent the, he sent the wind. And the wind came, and it, the Bible says it, it rent the rocks. It broke the rocks around him. But what does the Bible say about the wind? God wasn't in the wind. And then it says that God sent an earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then he sent the fire. But God wasn't in the fire. Where was God? In the still small voice, right? And so after the, after the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, 1 Kings 19, 13 says, 
And it was so, when it says in verse 12 that, he, there was, that God was in the still small voice. In verse 13, it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood in the entering in of the cave. Now, let me give this to you tonight. God may use the wind, the earthquake, or the fire to get our attention, but it is the voice that he wants us to hear. Are you with me? So he used, in Exodus 3, he used the fire in a bush to get Moses' attention. And Moses looks and he becomes aware of that. And what he does next is very important. Because you can be aware of something and turn around and walk the other direction. Right? You can be aware of a need. You can be aware of a prayer request. You can be aware of... A situation, you can be aware of a fire, you can be aware, Andrew, of a house burning. And it's your choice. You could, you could do something to save the people who are inside, or you can just walk away and pretend like you never saw it, right? So what do we do with that awareness? Well, think about this. Think about um, Moses hears the still small voice of God. You remember Samuel, we were talking about this. Uh, I think I might have brought this up at lunch today. We're talking about Samuel. You remember Samuel as a little boy. He heard his voice. He heard his name being called. And he went to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. And, and he went back to sleep. And he heard it again. He woke up. He went to Eli. I, I, I heard you call me. And he says, I didn't call you. He says, next time, he says, here am I, Lord. And so the, third, the next time when the Lord calls his name, he says, Lord, here am I. And, and the Lord speaks to him. Okay, he's aware of it, but for a while he kept going the wrong place. He didn't realize it was God. He just thought it was somebody. So what do we do with that awareness? On the road to Damascus, the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And what did he say? Well, they have me to do, Lord. Right? What do you want me to do? And so you have to be aware of what is taking place. So back in Exodus 3, Moses sees this bush on fire and he looked and he became interested in verse 3. It says at the end of uh, verse 2, and he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. So, so now he's, he's aware, now he's interested. So he goes, and out of his curiosity, he's intrigued. He goes and he, he, he wants to get closer, and he wants to see why this, bu this bush is burning and it's not being consumed. It's staying on fire. There's something unique about this. What exactly is this? And so he, he leaves what he's doing and he goes to see what is taking place. And what did he find out? Well, look at verse number 4. Okay, now here's the important thing. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. All right, before I proceed, let's get this. You can be aware, you can be aware of how, you can be aware of a need in a person's life and you can be the answer to their prayer 
but your awareness doesn't mean you are. You can go on about your life and just pretend like you didn't know it. Ignorance is bliss, and I'm just going to forget about it and put it out of sight and out of mind. Moses could have done that. But he was interested in that he turned and he went to see what was taking place. And when the Lord saw him do that, then God called him. And he said at the end of verse 4, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. So the point is, is that we have to listen, okay? You're aware, you're interested. Now what is God trying to tell you? How is God trying to speak to you? What is God trying to, how is he leading you? How is he directing you? What can you do? You're listening. God's now got your attention. You're there. What is God, why, why are you here? Why did God ordain this conversation or put this person in your life or this circumstance in your life? What is God trying to tell us? Okay? Now, the warning here is this. Don't be so engrossed in the bush that you don't listen to God. All right? Don't be so focused on, wow, that bush is hot. All right? Or what kind of bush is that? Why is that bush? We're so focused on the situation that we're not listening to what God is trying to tell us. All right? We can be guilty of that. You're so focused on the need that we're not being sensitive to the Lord. And us guys have a problem with situational hearing. Right? Amen, amen, amen to that. Okay? We can hear what we want to hear. Right, Don? Amen. I'm speaking to a guy who has a hard time hearing. All right. we can, but we can hear what we want to hear. Right? We can hear what we want to hear. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, if somebody's whispering and they say my name, I hear it. And I say, what? But I, sometimes I can't hear what's on the television. You know, or, or, or I tune everybody else out so I can hear what I want to hear. And I just don't listen to them. So, it's kind of the same situation. We, we listen to what we want to hear. Okay? So don't get so caught up in the situation that we're not listening to how God is leading us. Alright? And then the fourth thing is don't be afraid of God speaking to you or leading you. Verse 5 and 6. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now there's some reverence there, okay, that takes place. And really, it should draw us to a place of reverence when we realize, I think God is doing something here. All right? I think God is trying to tell me something here. That ought to get our attention. So he says in verse 6, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. But God is revealing himself here. Okay? So don't be afraid of God speaking to you 
or leading you. That still small voice, that thought that God is placing in your mind, that what we usually say, God put this on my heart, that burdening that we have, or the, the, the raising of awareness in our conscience. Don't be afraid if the, if the Lord is leading you, all right? And then lastly tonight, be willing to be the hands and feet of the Lord. Because he says, this is what he tells them in verse 7, all right? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Who's come down to deliver them? God, right? And, and he says, I'm going to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Who's going to bring them up? God. He's talking about the land that we're talking about and that I'm preaching through in the book of Joshua. And he tells the, the inhabitants of the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. We just mentioned all of those people Sunday night in Joshua chapter uh, number uh, 11. And then he says in verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. So it is God hearing the prayers of a group of people who are a good ways away from where Moses even is. All right? Moses hasn't even seen those people for 40 years. And the Lord is saying, I hear what they're praying about. I hear their cry. And, and God himself is saying, now I, what, what's going to happen is here is I'm going to deliver them. And I'm going to bring them out. But Moses, I'm going to send you to be my hands and feet to lead them. Are you with me? So that's what he tells him in verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So sometimes, it's God who answers the prayer. It's God who's going to save the lost person, right? It's God who's going to heal. It's God who's going to meet the need. It's, it's, it's never meant for Moses to get the glory for it. It's always going to be God. God is the one who hears and answers the prayer. But what we learn here is he goes way over here to reach a guy who has a purpose that God wants to meet in his life. God has a will for his life, and right now he's not accomplishing it. And so God goes to him because he says, Of all the people in the world today, Moses is the guy who can be my hands and feet and lead them out. So we bring it down smaller. Of all the people in the world today, God puts someone in your path who has a particular need and they've been praying and you and I could be the hands and feet of Jesus to meet that need.
Are you with me? Or, or Mama, Mama Jane has been praying for her son Robert, who is out of the will of God and lives in Decatur, Alabama. He's a transplant from the north. And she's been crying out to God for her son Robert to be saved. And the Lord is working in Robert's heart. And he just happens to walk in the door where you're at. And the Lord impresses upon your heart to talk to that young man. And so you're aware and you look at him and you're interested. I wonder what God is doing in his life. And so you draw near. And when you draw near, the Holy Spirit empowers you and is, gives you the ability to do what only God can do. Right? And maybe you lead Robert to the Lord, John. Right? That's just a... Or, or maybe somebody's broken. You know what we learned Sunday morning? A lot of people are broken. A lot of them you don't even know they are. They're just broken. And the Lord just impressed it upon your heart to be a great encouragement to them today. Right? Or the Lord just put it on my heart. I'm going to pray for you. And I can pray for you without you ever knowing it. But I know in my own life how encouraging it is when I'm, when I'm in a deep need and somebody says, more than usual today, God's impressed it upon my heart to pray for you. Man. Man, how that helps. More than usual. Well, you don't even know what I'm dealing with right now. More than usual, I need it today. Right? So how does that happen? You've got to be aware. All right? Don't go through life so focused on what you've got to do that you're not aware of what God's trying to do it, how God's trying to use you. You've got to be interested because you can be aware of it and just blow it off. You've got to draw near to that. You've got to listen. Maybe listen to the individual. Certainly listen to how God's leading. You've got to be spirit-led, spirit-sensitive to what God is trying to do. You don't want to be afraid. Don't be afraid of what God's trying to do. All right? Don't be afraid. If God's trying to do it, God's going to help you do it. Right? And I focus through the, through the rest of this chapter and the next chapter, we focus before Moses offers all these excuses on why he can't do it. Right? It doesn't matter why you can't do it. God's going to help you do it. All right? And we can, we can go through that and we can offer our excuses. But when it comes down to it, the question is, are we going to let God use us or not? That's, that's what it comes down to. And then, you know, we got to just be willing. I recognize the need. This is how the Lord's leading me. This is how the Lord's impressed upon my heart. I just want to be a blessing here. I just want to be a help. And you didn't realize this, but God sent me here to answer your prayer. All right? I wouldn't advise you to tell them that. But 
That's the truth. All right? I recognize this. God put me in your life to be an answer to your prayer. And if that's the case, don't get big-headed about it. Don't get so super spiritual. Well, I'm walking with God. Be humble and be thankful. Of all the people in the world today, God chose me to be his hands and feet and meet a need in somebody's life. God chose me to answer somebody's prayer today. That's a spirit-filled life. That's a God-honoring life. And God knows we need more people like that in our lives. Amen? Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for, Lord, it's always got great truth.